Welcome to Two Baptists and That Amish Chick, a podcast brought to you by the Butter Churn Girls. I'm Leslie. And I'm Bethany. And I'm Berlin. Join us for candid conversations about organized religion, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how we broke free from it while holding on to our faith in God. In these candid conversations, you can expect to laugh, to relate, occasionally cry, and definitely hear a few cuss words. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform and follow at the Butter Churn Girls on all socials. Now for this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking about a pretty big topic, at least for us, and I think it's for most people in the world right now. Um, it's deconstruction and how we left our journey of how we left the culture we were in, like when we were like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Why am I doing this? You know, those moments. So before we start into our um, individual stories, mm -hmm. Berlin has a really cool definition that she found on deconstruction mm -hmm. and it just helps it make sense. It's, it's um, not too long, just a few seconds, maybe a minute, but it'll help set the context um, for what it is. Cause how many of us actually ask like, oh, well, what does that word mean? Cause I think it's looked at in a really poor manner. Yes. Like yeah. as in they're like, they're deconstructing. They're completely running from God. They want nothing to do with God. They're leaving mm -hmm. and they're ripping everything apart. Mm -hmm. And so I think this gives a really good explanation of it. So deconstructing religion refers to the process of critically examining and questioning the assumptions, beliefs, and practices of a particular religion. It involves looking at the historical and cultural context in which a religion developed, as well as examining the ways in which it has been used to justify various forms of oppression and inequality. Deconstruction can also involve examining the ways in which a religion teaches and practice, or with in a way in which a religious teachings and practices may have been misinterpreted or distorted over time. That's great. Mm -hmm. As well as exploring the possible alternatives or multiple interpretations of religious texts. There's, that is so good. There's it so much so to like unpack in that. Yeah. Yeah. But that just, that's just gives you, gives us all and you, the listener context for what we did, because that's literally, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Like going through and realizing that not everything that I was taught is actually the truth and deconstruction. Like you said, I love that you brought that up, that it's you it's like a, it's used as a or it's interpreted as a bad word or like mm -hmm. a negative thing when it wasn't meant to be that way and I don't think most people use it that way I don't think most people right. like deconstruct because they're like I just don't want I mean there may be people out there who are like I don't want anything to do with God and it's probably because of abuse and all those things but yeah. At the core of humanity, I don't think we all, we want to run from God. We want to run from the representation yeah. of him right. by other people. I feel like it's not even running from him or the representation. It's running to the real of him, mm -hmm. right? The mm -hmm. real God, what he really is. Because I think so often, like our language is so limited and how we express and describe and explain God, we can never cover it. Mm -hmm. We can never right. cover it. Like we can try, we can keep throwing words out there, explaining him and describing him, but we're never going just like, I think we said before in one of our other episodes, um, like every single one of us can search every moment for, uh, forever and never reach the end of him yeah. because there is so much. And so we're running towards the truth of that. And from, like you said, like abuse or, and it's not always abused. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think a lot of the times, like I can look back at some of the things that I learned growing up and I've realized like, it's not necessarily 
that there was somebody out with a vengeance to teach the wrong thing. Yeah, that's true. They were yeah. taught the wrong thing mm-hmm. and then they take it and deliver the message, right? They're doing mm-hmm. what they were called to do. And so like actually having some grace for them in this process has actually been one of the harder things yeah, for me yeah. personally, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> um, but even watching like some of my youth pastors deconstruct and change mm-hmm. and then come into um like come into this new level of him like this new mm-hmm. what am I trying to say like this new no understanding new maybe? revelation no, of him yeah. yeah and so like having that um like having him there and kind of just seeing that process seeing somebody do it and still be in leadership I was like mm-hmm. okay so the things that I was questioning even that I learned from him watching his mind change and like having that, it was almost like a security blanket, right? Like I could see what deconstruction actually looked like in a okay way, like what it could look like, right? Yeah. You don't have to throw it all away and just completely run and become a heathen. Yeah. Right. And I think that's often the description that we see or think of. Yeah. I, oh, I just kind of keep, keep, keep hearing and thinking in my mind like it's actually running to the safe place Mm -hmm. is what I feel like it is yes is because so many people the reason they leave is because they feel like there's been abuse and stuff in there right and so running to this safe place of finding where God feels like Mm -hmm. if God is love right like Mm -hmm. most faiths say God that talk about God being love right right? if God Mm -hmm. is love then you're going to feel safe there Right. You're going to feel protected. And so I think that's a massive piece of what it is. It's like running to a place where they feel safe and having understanding verbiage, changing language, changing experiences, mm-hmm. the way they practice things um, is all a piece of the deconstruction mm-hmm. and getting them to a place where they can love God and when they can mm-hmm. fall in love with who he is and they can discover and figure out, or not even they, I should say we, because it's what yeah. we've done, right? Mm-hmm can discover and figure out what the truth is and how how things have been changed because mm-hmm. that is you saying like that that being the harder piece of like looking at how things have been taught through generations mm-hmm. that's been hard for me too I'm like I've sat yeah. there and gone this pastor had one job like you went to school for this you <laughs> paid for college for this your your only job was to study this during the week and teach me the right thing and you completely didn't like like, how did you read the book in this way? And you had the, you know, the Greek and the Hebrew and stuff training and mm-hmm. stuff that we don't have, but yet you still came back and were like, told us this thing that was t- completely wrong, like yeah. completely wrong. I'm like in one job, yeah. one job, right? And you one failed. job and you did it wrong. Like, Look at what you did. Yeah. You messed me up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so it can be really hard to go yeah. through that process, but I also think it's a part of the process. There's nothing wrong with yeah. being angry about realizing you were taught lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's nothing. And like, it may be directed at that person at first, but I think part mm-hmm. of it is knowing like, Hey, I'm eventually going to get to a point and I'm going to make it a goal to eventually get to a point where I'm healing from it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like you and ever, anything in life, even as little kids and stuff, like we go through a process where you may be mad at your mom, but then you realize mm-hmm. why your mom did that. Right. Like yeah. why she'll let you run in the road when the big right. truck, truck came by <sighs> the nurse. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. For real. And like, I think there's so many dynamics to that process. Like the realization mm-hmm. of, wow, you really taught me wrong. And the anger at that injustice, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's more anger towards injustice than the person. I mean, right. sometimes it is towards the person. But we know how to put it toward the person. Right. So that's what we naturally do. Yeah. And then if we d- if we lean into it, we realize that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, exactly that. And then there's this process of like, oh, okay, they only did that. They did that because that's the only thing they knew. And even though they had all these resources, they still 
went the way of what they were taught because it was more comfortable. It was less scary to like, you know, push the envelope on this or, you know, like poke the bear and be like, is it actually guys, you know, cause if they go through school and put all that money into it, they're probably going to want to do whatever their professors tell them to like mm -hmm. the biggest chance of mm -hmm. success here, you know, quote unquote. And so if they find, I'm sure there's probably, they go through that and they find they're like, Oh, their findings are like, wow, is this actually the truth? But there's pressure, you know, mm -hmm. from like professors. Well, and then you and like join a church who have these set things of, Hey, this is what we believe you have to fit into this box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think so you often, can't have the whole church fall apart and people leave and the leadership come after you and like, yeah, you can't step in there day one and go, I'm going to blow this thing up. <laughs> right. Like you're not going to have a job for very long. So I think sometimes it like, like it's self-preservation to a point. And then right. even like they're, they're teaching what they want. They learned, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. they've probably mm -hmm. like grown up learning this stuff too. And so just never thought twice to like question it or mm -hmm. ask a question. Um, because I know like sometimes questions were like, not mm, yeah. Okay. Growing yeah. up. Like, yeah. Hey, if you're questioning this, you're questioning God. How dare you question yeah. God? I'm not questioning God. Oh, we'll find out I want to know why I have to, <laughs> oh my gosh, that always drove me crazy. I'm like, I have to die to find out like that yeah. just seems excessive for something I need to know for my life. Right. right. Like what good is that? Yeah. I'm going to die me? and get to heaven and notice like, wow, I should, this and is actually now relevant. I know how to run my life. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, let me go back and relive my life now. Cause now I know like that's God's like, we don't reincarnate. When well, you're here. sorry. You lost your choice. Well, then I guess you're screwed because like. You were a Christian, wrong religion. So you don't get reincarnation. Should have done the other one. <laughs> yeah, that denomination. You know, I'm kidding. But that really is, is infuriating because it's like your things that you need now to know now to know how to live your life. You don't get to know until you die. That's like, that is ass backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. And God's not going to hold those things. Like if God loves us, he's not going to hide them from us. Like right? a good parent is not like, all right, let me have you figure out what the rules are. And I'm we'll, I'll you on punish a you. Yeah, and I'll punish you the whole way there. And then maybe you'll figure it out. Like, no, that's not a loving parent. Like right. that God is, is a loving parent. Where the loving parent's like, hey, here's your boundary. Like CPS. I was going to say, yeah. I was literally yeah. about to say, CPS would come and be like, you are crazy. You're going to the crazy house. We're going to take your kids. Like, yeah. you're not a safe person. Yeah. And God is a safe person. Like God is safe. <laughs> like there's nothing. Yeah. Um, I just mentioned like the box, like, mm -hmm. like religion kind of puts you in a box. And that was actually how I deconstructed, right? Like mm -hmm. I was running from God and didn't even realize it. But then like it wasn't until I had somebody flip the lid on the box and like shit flew everywhere. And I was like, I felt so out of control. Not that I was really in control in the beginning, but you like, had an illusion of control. Yes. And so, and I made like some funny joke about having to sit in the second row and I was like, oh, I'm too Baptist for this. And somebody went, that's religious. That doesn't serve you. And like, she was, I'm grateful for it, but I'm like, first off, you ruined my joke. <laughs> second, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know why I was like that angry. Yeah. And it just like, it set me on this journey of like, well, and I even sat there that night and I was like, God, I've never punched somebody in the face, but like, I just want to see how far I can make it without doing it. <laughs> that was the only reason I kept going back to that, like Bible, yeah. study. it wasn't a Bible study. It was like a really intense, like, Hey, learn how to prophesy. I didn't go on step one. I went on step three, which mm -hmm. is the final step. And they're like, yeah. Hey, it was, it was a whole thing. Well, and prophesying <laughs> and Baptists don't go together. No, no. Cause you can't hear from God in the Baptist church. Like mm -hmm. only way you can hear from God is by reading the scripture. So you better be in the word. 
you got to be in the word. <laughs> well, I hide it in your you, heart, <laughs> right? <laughs> the word is Jesus, not the yeah. Bible. So yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know which yeah. word. Which that's a, that's very controversial. I know. Statement. I know. That's a whole episode right there. Yeah. yeah it really, whole episode. It really is. Um, but it's so funny, like stuff flew everywhere. And as much as I tried to like shove it back in the box, like more would fly out. And God's like, can you just let go of the box? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you're holding on to a box, not me. And I went, oh. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that hurt, but okay. <laughs> and so it's so funny. Like I let go of the box, but I made sure I kept it right here. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, I even ripped it up so nothing could happen to it. And this is like all like in my mind, in the spirit, just like mm-hmm. there's this box that just had mm-hmm. all the stuff. And so like, I ripped it from the sides. You couldn't put it back together. You know, one mm-hmm. of those things. And God was finally like, you're holding on to it like mm-hmm. a, like a prize. Mm-hmm. Why are you holding on to your box? He's like, are we ready to burn it up yet? And I'm like, if I burn it up, there's definitely no going back. I could probably take that thing back together. And it was literally, that was like, that was the day I finally like went completely AWOL on all things Baptist and like found my prayer language. Like it opened up so much by like getting rid of the box. I mean, you can't go back to Baptist once you start speaking in tongues. You no, because you're out, out. They might find some holy water from the Catholics and get after you for that one. They won't, they won't let that fly. <laughs> but no, it's been so crazy. Like, and I always see, I can always see the box now, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's got to have four sides and a top mm-hmm. and a bottom. Like we have to know mm-hmm. the parameters mm-hmm. and yeah. it's been really interesting to learn to just lean on God for the parameters because yeah. it's always different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a relationship you mm-hmm. know? and it changes and grows and evolves. And like with a box, you, you, there's a certainty there. Yeah. Like you, there's a certainty. And I love that. Oh yeah. I yeah. really did. <laughs> Yeah, but but you're not really alive. No, when there's certain when there's so much certainty, like there you're it's really not, a not living either. Right. There's yeah. no relationship there. That's just dead. And like you know, I think that's where the conflict in most humans is like they want to live and be fully alive, but they want that comfort. But they the like box. the checklist. Mm-hmm. They like the box. But yeah. you can't have both. You have no. to pick. And whether and you and some people are like, oh yeah, I have both. Well, you probably have the box. If that's your, if that's so your you mindset. So you've got a roomy box. Yeah, you've got like, a roomy box. Great, like your box like, has more, has more. So you got a refrigerator box, not a shoe box. And that's good. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, it's still a box. Like until, because there is no middle ground in that really. I mean, people make it out to be, but they're the people with the bigger boxes. Yeah. They might have a little more room or extra rooms in their box. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really good. That's good. What was your deconstruction journey like, Bethany? Um, <clears throat> It was it was like what was the thing that flipped the lid per se yeah well when I realized as I got to my upper teens in in the Amish culture you're or in my community I should say because every community is a little different on this but in my community you're not considered an adult until you're 21 and so you know when you're when you're you turn 21 you can make all your decisions for yourself (laughs) which really you can't because they programmed you so well until that point that you just probably default because there's too much pressure. But around my upper teens, I was like, I finally get to do what I want to do when I turn 21. And that was kind of the thing that started Mm -hmm. like, and the interesting thing is, I don't think I ever really accepted the box. I lived Mm -hmm. in the box because I had to. Yeah. I never really like, I was always pushing the wind. Like, I don't want to be in here. And I know it's a box. I could feel you it. You could feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was never, that's, I was never just thinking about it now. Like I was never okay with it. Do you think it's as a kid, do you have memories of like, as a kid 
of like, I'm, I'm going to leave this place one day. I was afraid to think that okay. because I didn't know it was on the other side. Mm-hmm. Like all I knew to survive and be was in this box, but I knew there was more, I always knew there was more. And so the, that like the the I was a super curious child loved like I had a huge imagination and so I would always imagine what it was like not being in the box mm-hmm. like what what would it be like what would I do but I never really asked myself I never really because I was too scared like that was the big like yeah. that's when it comes face to face and you're like oh I have to make a decision yeah. and I didn't want to do that and so for me it was like getting used to you know thinking about it and what my life would be like if I wasn't here to the point that that became more real to me than what I was in. And I was like, I don't even want what I'm in anymore because yeah. this world that I've in my imagination have lived in has become more real. And in that world, like the Lord met me in that, that world. And he was like, you know, he, I didn't know it at the moment, but it was Holy spirit, like mm-hmm. yeah. fostering a relationship with me. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is un- like, if I, if I choose, I have to make a choice now, like then in my upper teens, I was like, I have to make a choice uh-huh. because I have to, I, I, I realized I had this moment of like, I can't have both. I really can't because it was so, the box was so different yeah. than any, like there was such a drastic difference. And so, um, I realized that if anyone was going to get me out of the box, it was myself. Mm. I couldn't wait on somebody to like decide that this wasn't a box anymore because if I did, I would probably be it and still my whole life because I don't know how long it's going to take for those other people to realize it, you know? Yeah. And so I, I was like, well, here goes nothing. And so I just like left and I had a sister who'd left before me. So, you know, it, that made it a lot easier because I could go stay with her, you know, like detox and like what the heck someone that you do outside of the culture yeah like oh my gosh what's happening to me you know because that's kind of what happens like you make the move and then you're like oh shit what did I just do like (laughs) I don't know and so um that was my deconstruction like in a in a nutshell is how that happened and it honestly God helped me through it he actually when I was okay when I when I reached the point where I was okay with not being in it anymore and I was actually wanted to be like live a different life mm-hmm. is when he really started to like open my eyes to things and like, let me see, like, because he knew, you know, it was, it was like my heart decided before my mind caught up with it mm-hmm. and yeah. he knew. And so he was like fostering that and, yeah. you know, like nurturing that because, and so it was just, it was really cool looking back. Now I see it like, wow, that's so cool. God, how you knew I was going to leave before I knew I was going to leave. And you just, fostered that you know like you you showed me holy spirit and you you know or holy spirit showed himself to me or herself whatever and just like really it it increased after I knew I wasn't gonna be there but I didn't know what I was gonna do because I didn't have any I didn't have any resources to know how to live yeah yeah like drive a car have electricity you know all those things is like I don't just basic things like mm-hmm. just living human things human not even things. like Christian yeah. things human no just things. human things I just see Bethany <laughs> going up to the stove to make dinner going click 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 turn the stove on off going look <laughs> fire <laughs> <laughs> opening the microwave door going it's hot <laughs> it's hot <laughs> that was pretty much my life when I left like we had gas stoves 
there in the community that were like propane. So we could, it was much like a um, electric stove, okay. but there was a pilot light in the middle that would like, you know, you turn on the gas and that pilot light would like, yeah. and so mm -hmm. sometimes the pilot light would go out and you'd have to like re, re reignite know, it. Re okay. it. Yeah. But so for the, it, for the most part, we had like, I knew how to, you know, work a stove with a knob. <laughs> we didn't have to like feel She's like, fire. I wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, but there are, there are Amish communities. Like there was one 30 minutes from where I grew up that they had to have those big 30 minutes buggy ride or 30 minutes in a car car okay <laughs> buggy ride is much longer it's like a whole day um but they had like the big cast iron you know um stoves with the the chimney in the mm -hmm. middle uh -huh. and you have to build a fire in the bottom and yeah. then you have all these like anyway so they did that and they pumped water from a hand pump like there was no, yes. there was no, you know, there was outhouses. I'm pretty sure they sewed their underwear. I don't think they ever bought anything. Just very, very um, conservative backwards people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I knew what that was like, but I did. And so I prided myself in the fact that we didn't, you know, <laughs> we were, order. we were a new order and we were, you know, my box was bigger, much bigger and nicer. <laughs> so you still have a refrigerator box. Yes, Got I did. It. They yeah. had the shoe box and I had the refrigerator <laughs> box. The difference but, is running water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sewing your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Oh, but yeah, that's that's how my deconstruction started. And then I just, when I realized how, I think when I realized enough untruth, it's when I was okay with just like, I'm weaving everything. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, it's now to the point where 80% of it is untruth. What, what good is that 20%? Like, let's just yeah leave you know so that that's when I really made the decision to just say well I always had that thought in the back of my mind <laughs> if you know if this is true actually and I just screwed up I can always come back like that was always the thought in my mind and that's yeah. how I got my mind to like not freak out like hey if we aren't right or if this mm -hmm. is like all hogwash we can always come back you know and that was a way for me to keep my mind from freaking out because it was like what the bleep are you, do you think you're doing? <laughs> anyway it was Amish back then so it didn't say any bad words <laughs> so oh my gosh that's funny anyway yeah how about you oh boy deconstruction man mine is like oh my god I don't even know where to start on it in part because there were so many things mine definitely came from a lot of what was the church hurt church hurt honestly okay. I remember late in my teen years we had a youth pastor in our church and there was like a situation that happened where there was like the youth pastor's wife was causing some drama and I wanted to handle it in an adult way right like I wanted to go and approach it and deal with it <clears throat> and it backfired because when you go after go and talk to leadership about something they come at you and you're not allowed to do that you can't ask questions you can't ask what's going on and so it ended up, ended up being this thing of like your family's too rebellious, like Berlin's too rebellious, you're too rebellious, which I really was, I wasn't, I was not yeah. at all. That's what was so crazy. I was not. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know, what those other kids are doing behind the bus during youth group, yo, like yeah. I've never smoked any of that. Like, yeah. and I'm the rebellious one. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so it went to this point where they were like, either you are going to voluntarily leave the church or you we're throwing you out. That's what's happening. And this is church I grew up in my whole life. And it was over literal nonsense guys nonsense um and so when we left the church like 
I, I was frustrated, of course, because I was like, this is bull crap. Like mm-hmm. here I am 17, eight, 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 I think I was 18 years old. Um, by the time we actually left, because we kind of like phased our way out. We're like, we weren't involved in anything, but yet so like we could sit in the pew, mm-hmm. but we couldn't be involved like we were before. And uh, communication, you know, the, as we talk about Baptist and Amish, they're actually not that far so off. Similar. Like it's weird because I, I was out of TV. Yeah, like, literally and running water. But, yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Occasional jeans sometimes. It might be in the skirt form, but it's jeans. <laughs> we still had denim. Yeah. We still had denim. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. But yeah. And so it's, I've just got like, honestly, I got angry because mm-hmm. I was like, this was my world. And the church I was in, it's, I always saw this pattern whenever someone left, someone left, someone got a divorce, something, something happened, right? Maybe they were called out of a church. You didn't talk to them anymore. You saw them in the grocery yeah. store. You don't talk That's to the whole them. thing. You like, they yeah. are, it's like an excommunication in a mm-hmm. way up with your church community. Like, you don't, you don't talk to them. Like, it's just, wow. that's how it is. Like you wrote you look away. If you see them in the grocery store, you don't say hi, you don't anything. And so it was, it was a really, really hard thing. Um, and I ended up getting married not long after. I mean, I got married when I was 20. That all started when I was 17, 18 and stuff. Right. So like by, by the time we left the church and stuff, um, and I was married, I did not want to go to church at all. I wanted nothing to do with church. I was like, I still want to, well, I don't even know. I don't even know that it was that I wanted to connect with God, but it was like, I'm supposed to read my Bible. I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to pray. I'm supposed to go to church. I have to do that. And so like my husband would drag me to church, like literally, like not, okay. Not literally drag me, but like, (laughs) like that's kind of how it felt. Like I did not want to go for several, several years. Um, and then it got, so it got to this place where I was like pulling away. Um, then once we moved to Texas, we went to a church that was a little bit more open. Mm-hmm. Like they had Holy spirit. If you were, felt high enough to be in the class where you got to learn about Holy spirit, right. We oh, had to learn it? about, there's a specific class you had to be invited to. Um, are you serious? hundred percent. Like you had to be invited to the class. In order yes, to only, learn. You had to be invited only, only so many people. They only do ever so often. And that's where you learn about Holy spirit, that prayer, so that dreams in- have. Um, it was like an invite only thing basically. Oh, so no application. Not at that time. Oh. Right. It wasn't even wow. known for everyone. Oh and so what's interesting is I feel like that's really when my deconstruction started because yeah. I still had all those old thoughts. And then, um, when we went, actually went through that Holy spirit class, it was actually right when we had gotten connected to a community of people that thought a little bit differently, that kind of were in that de- deconstruction place. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because we went through that whole class and then I got mad. Because mm-hmm. I was like, why is this only reserved? Why, 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 if praying in tongues is to uplift yourself, right? Right. Why right. is this reserved for a certain group of people to uplift yeah. themselves? So we only why, invite certain people to be uplifted. Yes. Like, why is it only that we, like, why, why are all these people having dreams in the church, but we can't mention that there's interpretation on it that could help them. Why is that yeah. only if you go into the special group? Why, like, why were these things? And there was other things that were gone over as well. And you know, prophesying. I was like, why is this not known about? And so that's the time that I really started to pull back from church. And we had several years where we weren't in church and it was the most connection with God I have ever felt in my entire life. The most realness, the most, um, hearing from God, understanding him. I mean, we, we got involved in learning, learning from other avenues and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I had even like in that deconstruction phase of like looking around and like being in this church where there's a Holy spirit class and stuff, I started to look into, um, 
like my husband and I were looking into like Buddhist meditations. We're looking to, I was looking into crystal hearings or hearings, healings, hearing, I don't know what crystal hearings are, but let's find out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the crystals are talking to me, guys. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh crystal healings, but like just these other like new age type of things. Right. And I was actually really starting to hear God mm-hmm. through those things. Yeah. Um, and this is when some people are like, no, that wasn't God. No, it was God. Yeah. Because God is in all things. God created all things. God is of all things. Um, and I had a time where I kind of actually pushed those things away for a little bit because I needed to actually learn to hear God for myself mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. to know that I hear from God and to trust myself and know that I hear from God. Mm-hmm. But, um, like diving into that and actually getting alone with God being very mm-hmm. secluded. I mean, we were in an area, we had one set, a set of one set of friends, one other couple that we were physically near, right. Mm-hmm. That had the same beliefs as us. And we saw them outside that we didn't really see any other people. And it was like a daily like hearing of God through daily things, daily in my life, where that's where I found my actual connection, where I was like, all right, I like this religion is no more. These practices mm-hmm. is no more this. Like you can't trust yourself because your heart is evil beyond all measure bullshit. Yeah. Like this whole, I'm like, no, I can trust myself because I hear from God and he's talking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this, like just, there were so many things that I was like, these are not real. Mm-hmm. Right. And I started even, even back up with scriptures where I went, yo, Hey, if yeah. you look it up in the Greek and the Hebrew, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you taught thing. me was wrong. That's the thing. Translations. Yeah. Yeah. Which even that, that definition that we talked about deconstruction, like it talks about that. Like yeah. the historical context, there's so much more context than we've ever been taught. Yes. Right. Like, and actually being dignified with that information and learning yeah. how to find yeah. it for myself and, you know, yeah. um, even how to read things and like pay attention for that oh hey like there's certain words I'll, I can read scripture that I've read a hundred times for the last mm-hmm. 30 years you know and all of a sudden I'm like what does that word actually mean like yeah. what word yeah. was this like translated yeah. you know from and not like hey let me google what the English word means like right. what was the word right before so it became English? going and using tools like blue letter bible and different things mm-hmm. like that were so huge in rebuilding yeah mm-hmm. And that helped me not to throw everything away. Yeah. Cause like I understood what some of the teaching was before, right. With just that basic context that I got from the Baptist church, the Catholic church, the whatever church I was at at the time. <laughs> yeah. Cause you did so, a few things. I've done a few things. Um, but like whatever that was, like, I know there was still truth there. Yeah. Cause it's still, it's still scripture, right. Mm-hmm. It's still, I don't want to like, we always say like joke about the Baptist saying it's like father, son, and Holy Bible. Yeah. Like there is no Holy spirit. They well, didn't that, say that. Exactly they, they didn't, didn't say, say it, that, but they definitely insinuated it. Right. Yeah. The Amish were the same way. And so like, I'm not like saying scripture doesn't matter. It does. It does, mm-hmm. but it's definitely it's put, been it's, put in a position that it's not supposed to right, be. Correct. It's been, but put in place of hearing from God. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. like having, like learning how to utilize that with finally figuring out, oh, I can hear from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think we both have really interesting stories on like, Hey God, if you're real and like, God, I want to know if I can hear from you. I would literally set up the coffee shop and go, what color shirts walking in the door next? Mm-hmm. And I'd get, I'd He's either like, you see ever a, seen color- a shirt walk. Okay, really. <laughs> but like, I would, I would know that there was like a blue shirt coming in. And so I'd like watch the door and here come a blue shirt. And I'm like, awesome. That was him. And if mm-hmm. I like every time I asked for a color, I would get one. And that's mm-hmm. literally how I like learned his voice. Mm-hmm. And like, 
it differentiated things between like my thoughts, what he's saying and like other voices in my head. Right. And I think it was so huge, but you have a really amazing story about going, God, if you're real, yeah, I need to see. Yeah. Tell that story because I love it. Yeah. So I tested God a few times before I left the Amish just because I wanted to have some sort of like um, foundation. foundation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like some sort of safety net before I just jump. Um, And so I, one of the tests I gave God, you know, one of the biggest things in the Amish culture is women wearing the head covering. Like they have to wear that, you know, that white cap on their head because it's a sign of like submission to their husband and make sure that angels in the scripture that they use to back that up there's something about angels not listening to you or not hearing you if you don't wear it basically that's how they interpret it which that scripture is not interpreted the right way they just take it to like they take things literal and then some things they don't take literal it's such an oxymoron they just contradict each other that they contradict themselves so much and so it's in like first Corinthians somewhere where it talks about that. And they're like, well, God's not going to hear your prayers if you don't wear that. And I'm like, first of all, (laughs) that is not what that scripture means. If you historical contextual hermeneutic guys, those three words, you should, you should use that when you read the Bible, Google it. You'll figure out what it is. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, it's like, that is the Anyway, I digress. So <laughs> that's not, that's she got spicy is what she means. <laughs> yeah. I got a little fired up. Um, but I told God, I was like, that's the one of the biggest things that women are taught. It's like a big uh, cornerstone belief. And I was like, well, if we're supposed to actually do that, since I'm questioning everything, let's question this too. Like if we're supposed to do that, then um, you know, let my hair stay the same. But if this is not something that is you, that comes from you, then, um, let my hair fall out. And I didn't change a thing, guys. I didn't change products, what I used, any of that. My hair started falling out in like clumps of hair to the point that I could see my scalp. And I was like, okay, God, I believe you. And when I said that my hair grew back, it was the wildest thing that's did ever I, happened. Did anyone in your family notice that your hair was falling out or anything? No, I didn't. Like, do, do you wear hair? Like, is have, like if you're at home with just your family, mm-hmm. do you still wear hair, head covering? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like you, all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, and I didn't tell anybody, like I wasn't going to tell anybody I was questioning God, questioning God, you know, like I really wasn't questioning him. I was just looking for answers. And the moment that that happened is I think was when I was like, oh, okay, I can just leave everything because that's the biggest belief that's held about women. And so for your biggest, most foundational belief to be shattered, it just kind of knocks the whole foundation out from the domino. And it's just like the domino that's just like, like everything else starts crumbling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that was really cool. You know, really cool. I was like, first of all, God's real. Holy crap. Like he just answered me like, in real, you know, also, like, did why you take did I your cap off to ask? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, why, why did I choose that thing for my right. hair to fall out? Right? Yeah, I was like, sorry. <laughs> I had it on. Maybe that's why he heard me. Thank you, God. So he's <laughs> anything else me. been answered since? No, <laughs> yeah um, but that was a big deal for me like, she only prays at night when she puts a blanket over her yeah head. <laughs> that's the only time <laughs> I pray guys or when I put a napkin on my head <laughs> to borrow people's napkin hey can I borrow a napkin for a second please start doing that when we go to dinner with a bunch oh of gosh. people just like I need your napkin I'm just put god it over bless this food no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a nun <laughs> 
Um, not very different. <laughs> yeah. They got wine. though. Oh, true. Oh, oh, you got to have wine, though. Yes, For once communion. or twice a year when we did communion. Oh, yeah. Baptists don't get that. We get Welch's grape juice. Yeah, we the Amish made their See, own we're wine. more like Biggie Smalls than they let on. <laughs> Some Welch's grape. <laughs> They don't know it or they'd change. Yeah, For real. Can't listen to that. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Yeah. That, that, um, Sorry. I love telling that story now, but I wouldn't, I, like right when I left, I wouldn't tell anybody because I was like, I don't, I don't have anything to back this up. Mm-hmm. I just knew what happened. Did you tell experience. your sister that I'd left Amish? I'm curious. I don't remember if I told her or not. I think she about to find point, out about it here. No, probably. <laughs> If you're listening now you know um but it, it i mean I, I had probably bigger things to to worry about than that at that point it was like how do i live like yeah what do i do you know um but yeah it's i think when you god isn't afraid of you testing him like he actually wants you to ask him questions and and put out like put out a fleece lay out lay out your fleece like gideon did and you know like honestly i just have a thought like go on a date with god like when people are dating, yeah. they mm-hmm. ask questions, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like offense. It's not offensive to ask those questions. No. Like they ask questions to learn more. Like go right. on dates with God. Like yeah. I've got a list of questions for you. Right. I mm-hmm. want to hear about you. I want to learn about you. Yeah. And I think you get so much more of an answer when you intentionally set that side, set aside that time. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like for the longest time, they I can buy that. you dinner though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'll, he'll be happy to. Like, I mean, he owns everything. So, so I'm at Applebee's. This one's on the Lord today. Okay. He'll be getting the check. He's right there. <laughs> oh gosh. I don't know what I would do as a server. If I got that answer, like I was a server in college and I'm uh-huh. like, saying me that, psych word. I have no idea how I would handle that. Anyway, right? But like, um, <laughs> so funny. I lost what I was about to say. I'm sorry. I was like, you know, if I like start like a thought, on dates, oh yeah. yeah, so yeah, like being intentional, like not doing it while you like. I would always do it while I was like busy doing something else, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I would ask questions while I was cleaning the house or what, like or driving to and mm-hmm. from somewhere or whatever. And those times are great. Like I don't, yeah. I still get a lot out of that. But when you actually set aside time, yeah, make it quiet where you can focus. Yes. That's, it's such a game changer. It mm-hmm. is. Yep. Because it, yeah. And, and it resets your mind. Like you're, you know, the people that you love the most in life, you make time for them. Mm-hmm. Like you do, do things with them where you just hang out because I like, I love you more than I love to do things. Like you're more important than anything else in my life. And I think when we give God that like opportunity to show up, it's He's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like he knows we could be doing a billion other things, but we're like, Hey, I want to hang out with you. You know, and Matt, like, how does that make you feel the listener? If yeah. somebody's like, Hey, I just want to spend time with you. Like I'd have them. And you know that they are a busy person. Like they have all these other important things that they could be doing, but they're mm-hmm. like, I just want to spend time with you. Yeah. And really what it is that we're talking about right now is we've actually jumped into the, this is how you reconstruct. Mm-hmm. Because when you're deconstructing, like we read that definition, right? And you're diving into looking at what was wrong, what was mm-hmm. taught incorrectly, what was handed down, passed down, whether it be intentional or not, what was passed down. But then there's this whole phase of like, what do I believe? I've got to mm-hmm. rebuild what it is that I believe. Cause you don't want to throw everything away because there's a hole sure. left in you that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to, it's going to, it's going to feel like you're living your life in a trauma place is what mm-hmm. it's going to feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But if you start to go in and go and it, you can take it little by little, step by step. So many of the things were mm-hmm. so 
tiny little things. It wasn't like, all right, I have to go and write out a journal today of everything I believe now. It's little bitty things. And like I said, with like dating God, like when you're dating someone, Mm -hmm. you're learning little things over time. Mm -hmm. God's like, cool with that. He's like, let's keep learning more about me. You can learn and endlessly about him. right? Right. And so reconstructing of who is God? How do I know him? How do I love him? How does he love me? Because it's different for everyone. How does that, uh, I mean, in like what ways does he love, right? Not not the amounts. Um, (laughs) That part's different. That's different. (laughs) Um, But like, look at those. How does he speak to me? How do I hear from him? Um, What types of things do I like to do with God? Like, Mm -hmm. what do I believe about him? What do I want my life to look like? All those things are reconstructing yeah. what's your faith looks like and what your connection and really it's what your relationship with God looks like. Mm-hmm. And for many people, it's going to be actually like I've deconstructed religion, which is activities, things that you're doing that yeah, actually do, get you to get, God yeah. to this place where you're like, okay, I'm actually building a relationship now with God, Yes, which means when you're building a relationship, it can go fast for a while and then it can go slow again. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it can, Hey, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks that's fine. We've been busy. Like, let's come back together and grab coffee again. Like, yeah, it can have those ebb and flows and those waves and stuff because you are actually building a relationship. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, we skipped a Sunday. Yeah. So now we don't have a relationship and you need yeah. to apologize to me. It was, yo, I was yeah. busy. My kid, my kid had a game. Like, right. Yeah. I was like, I, it's fine. I was there too. It was a good game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, it's not like God doesn't go to anywhere except for church. Like humans, good are, point. <laughs> humans are the only ones who do that. God never said, that we're supposed to do that. He said, gather together to edify each other. That could be many. That could be literally a baseball game. That could go out for drinks. Yeah, exactly. Like, like there's so many ways to gather and have community. And it's because he put that in us. It's probably why he reminded us like, Hey guys, don't forget to hang out once in a while, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and like, and God's not in a hurry. Like he cares more about you and your heart and how, like the health of who you are and how well you're doing than how fast you go. Yeah. And I've had to learn that. God's like, never worried about no, the time. No, he's outside of it. So yeah. he's not worried. And we're made to live, you know, I think we're made to live outside of time as well. And let, let supposed time to have be dominion a, over it. Of, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like partner with it and have it work for us instead of us slaving for it. Yeah, know? absolutely. On that note, I also feel like we should mention to you, like, if you're like, I mean, you may be listening to this and you're like, I'm 55 years old. This has been my faith the whole time. And now mm-hmm. I'm starting to realize things are off. You haven't wasted time. No, God can literally mm-hmm. take be like, Hey, here's these 55 years that you've learned these things about me that I mean, they were kind of off. Like that wasn't me. I don't know what right. they were talking about, but that wasn't me by <laughs> Satan, but that wasn't me. Um, <laughs> like, but he's like, in the next year, we're going to, you're going to make up 55 years yeah. worth of time. Yeah. It's fine. We got this. Yeah. God can teach you in a year, the things that you, that would have taken you, you know, 50, 60 years on human time, Mm -hmm. because when you, when you're hungry and you say, yes, there is so much that can happen for you very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like you can be on a fast track and in the next five years, know all the things that you wanted to know or lost, you think Mm -hmm. you lost, but you actually didn't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, um, in those first 40 or 50 or 60 years of being alive. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. This this has been really good guys. Um, so when it comes to like our deconstruction, like you have permission to have your own journey, I think Mm -hmm. is one of the biggest things. And yeah, you You don't don't have to leave your church if you don't want to, right? Like (laughs) you don't have to throw everything away. Like 
your questions are valid. And mm-hmm. so yes. go to the source to have those answered. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there's a, a lot of amazing, great tools and a lot of great communities, but yeah, this God's going to have your answer better than anybody. Yeah. Right? He's yeah, going to give exactly. you the answer that you can hear and understand. Yeah. So for sure. Anywho. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. So uh, we really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was good. It was really good. And I hope you enjoyed it as well, the listener. And um, go figure it out with God. Go on a journey. (laughs) Go on a date. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't be (laughs) afraid to ask the questions. And, you know, really, you know, those things that you're afraid to ask, God's not afraid of them. He's just waiting for you to ask them. So that's true. Yeah. So make make sure you guys uh, like, follow, subscribe whatever it is. We're on all social media platforms as the butter turn girl. So, uh, hit us up there. And if you have questions, if you want, there's a specific thing you want us to dive in deeper. If this, if this episode actually brought you questions, mm-hmm. let us know what those questions are. You can email us. You can put it on any of our social media platforms yeah. uh, in the podcast notes, things like that. Um, we will see them and we, we have a list of them, right. Yeah. Of questions <laughs> people are asking. And so we always want to hear those because we're ready to dive into further, further details of anything anyone wants us to talk about. Yeah. So. For sure. All right, you guys. We'll see you next episode. Bye. Have a good week.